What's good, people? Uh, welcome to the Football Dugout and also welcome to MAD Sports Network. If you're watching us there, thank you very much. Um, this is the Bundesliga show. Uh, I love this show, lads. I just have to say, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and it's been a great week of football in the Bundesliga. Um, before we get into it, um, obviously, just have to always, especially after what happened last week, no room for racism um, at all. Uh, it should not be tolerated. It will not be tolerated. And uh, UEFA, you have a massive decision on your hands. And let's hope, fingers crossed, that you make the correct decision. Because what I saw and what everyone else saw was absolutely vile. And there's no room for racism on the pitch or anywhere else. Having said with that, that in mind, yeah, with, with that in mind, for, for race relation purposes, I'm going to move down to the bottom. Um, you know, so we didn't want to make it feel like the black people were over white people and things like that. So I'll, 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 I'll chill down here. For this show <laughs> uh, I think it's just because you're uh, used to being short and I so mean, therefore this feels more comfortable. Before we get into it, obviously, let's just shout out our socials and where you can find us. Um, myself, Devo, LDN on twitter um florian who is now on twitter he's joined us and is i'm sure loving life as a tweeter uh you can find at lobron <laughs> underscore tweets and then Gavnack. very exciting new world yeah right it's brilliant yeah you wait until we fully immerse you in it which we will and gav you can find at gavmac 23 and then you also have at tfb dugger at top top football and as we said again i'm going to say it again at lobron underscore tweets a lot of football to talk about this week. Shall we get stuck in, fellas? Let's start with this one here. Uh, Bielefeld at home to Leipzig. Um, the reason why we're starting here is because the relegation battle is well and truly heating up. Um, I think going into this week, there was one point separating four teams, Bielefeld being one of those teams. Um, obviously, at the other end of the scale, you have Leipzig, who are chasing Bayern as best they can. Uh, so this was a really big game for both sides. Um Leipzig come away with the 1-0 win, thanks to Marcel Sabitzer, his sixth goal in the league this season. Um, Leipzig really, really battered Bielefeld, if we're being honest. I think we should probably change the name Armenia Bielefeld and say Stefan Ortega 0, Leipzig 1. Because uh, Ortega <laughs> was pulling off save after save after save after save. Literally, it was just a one-man army. Um, couldn't keep them all out. Sabitzer did get the goal. I'll come to you first, Florian. Um, we'll talk about Leipzig first and then we'll move on to Bielefeld. But um, with how things were going, considering they didn't even start a striker in this game, um, all of the chances they were missing, do you think they got nervous? I know they scored the goal in the 46th minute, but even at 1-0, you never really can feel comfortable, can you? No, you never really can. But I believe it's uh, Leipzig has the self-confidence. Of uh, of playing a game like this and being um, or thinking we can score in the last minutes, but um, yeah, they're they're on a very good way and I'm really looking forward to to the next match, the next fixture. What we'll come to that later, but then uh, yeah, it will show. But uh, yeah, I think Leipzig had a really mature performance. Although they didn't score that many goals, they clarified once again that they're second best team in the league. Or Maybe the best team in the league. Let's see what happens in the future. <laughs> and um, Gav, in, uh, in regards to Bielefeld, um, you know, they're stuck in the middle of a real dogfight to try and stay up. This performance, I mean, they've done all right coming into this game. 
about this particular performance, is that good enough considering what's happening around them? Nah, and you, you mentioned it straight away at the beginning that, you know, is it really Armenia Bielefeld or is it Stefan Ortega? Because what an inspired performance he had. He made four, five top, top class saves as well. So they're a poor side. They they are trying to play the Zweite Bundesliga way in the it, along with the big boys and it doesn't work. They're trying to battle their way through games and it, it's, it doesn't suit them at all. I mean, I, I know they haven't got the world supply of money and things like that, but if somehow they're able to survive, they're going to have to reinforce everywhere on the pitch. I mean, and one of their best players probably won't even be there next season, regardless no, if they stay up or not. Aritsu Duan, uh, who we always pick up every week, um, couldn't and, really do it. Maybe Ortega uh, also will mm-hmm. leave in summer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've heard the rumors about Bayern Munich, and he was quite honest at what I really liked. He was, uh, he said, like, I want to be first goalkeeper. I want to play every game, but come on, we're talking about Bayern Munich here. So I have to. I also want that. some trophies to put on my cabinet yeah. at the end of the career. Yeah, um, you know, mean, the only thing I would say, I, I, he looks good, but I'm always hesitant with goalkeepers who look good for relegation threatened sides because it's a bit yeah. of Simon Mignolet about it, where you yeah. look great when you're being peppered, and you know when you have to concentrate for 90 minutes, and you're not really tested, and then all of a sudden someone has a pop from 20 yards in the 75th minute. Can you remain concentrated? I mean, Ortega's pulling off instinct saves, but. Mm. Would he be the same, you know what I mean, at a club where he's not really being tested as much? Well, well, do you know what? It's actually happened a couple of times this season, but not as often as we want it to. Like Games that Bielefeld have won, they've actually dominated predominantly in those games that they have won, and Ortega's had nothing to do. And defensively, they look quite good. I think I mentioned on last week's show that their back four is awful, but collectively, <laughs> they're okay. So they're able to be just about enough to try and keep some teams out. And look, Leipzig did have their fair share of opportunities. It is the Ortega show, but at the end of the day, they only conceded one goal. Unfortunately for them, they couldn't find one themselves. Yeah, But I would say that the whole back four from Bielefeld is awful. They have this uh, German under-21 national player, Amos Pieper, mm-hmm. who I kind of like because he's, he's young, he's, uh, he can develop. Playing his first season, he's getting uh, or he's in trouble all the time because he, all of the strikers are running towards him. But he's, I believe, he has potential to at least become a, a decent middle-class Bundesliga player, yeah. or maybe more. He was he's from the youth academy from Borussia Dortmund, so we'll keep an eye on his, on his um, yeah. development. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. With, I'll go with you, Flo, because you because because I'm I'm nice, but <laughs> I, I don't I don't. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, another team that are fighting for their lives and, you know, really are scrapping and getting some results that they deserve. And Oh, Davo's popped no. off. So um, he'll be back in a second, I'm sure. So he was just mentioning about a team that have uh, just trying to get a little bit of form at the moment. And, and that's Mainz. And they are back in the in, in the excitement of the world. So um, Davo's back. And hey. um, yeah. Hoffenheim one, Mainz two. So uh, I'll lead it back to you, Dev. Yeah, yeah. I somehow kicked myself out. I got so excited that I had to kick myself out. Um, yeah, Mainz. I've I've become like an honorary Mainz fan. Um, you know, uh, I like the way that they're scrapping for their results, and they are getting the they're getting the results. And I feel sorry from every time they seem to win, everyone around them seems to pick up points. So this mm. weekend was slightly different. Um, great start, one 0 up within one minute. Glatzel, um, who 
is from Cardiff uh, in the championship and he didn't really light it up in the in the championship and you think coming in to replace Mateta who was your go-to guy uh, it's not really the easiest job is it but a massive mistake from Chris Richards who we bigged up not too long ago and there seems to be a pattern here um, <laughs> massive mistake from him Glatzel put it away uh, Babu got the equaliser and then two minutes later Dominic Kaur, uh with a header his first goal for the club and they held on and won two one massive result for Mainz. Uh, I'll come to you first, Gav. Can Mainz do it? Can they stay up? Yes, I didn't think they could, but I'm going to go with yes now. And they've got a giant six pointer next week. One on next week in, in a couple of weeks' time as well. Um, Mainz, they I thought they were great on the day. I really did. They didn't. They didn't play this game like they were scrapping for relegation. They played this game almost like relegation was already dealt with. And uh, you know when teams have already been relegated and then they play with the shackles off, and it's like, oh, why can't they put this performance like two, three weeks ago? That's how they played this game, and I think that's what he's going to be trying. Is is going to they're going to try and install into the minds of the Mites players is that just relax and just go out and enjoy your football because when you do enjoy it that's when results come you know so i uh they, they could have put the game to bed as well 15 minutes mm-hmm. ago palermo legend uh um, robert uh, robin Kaizan should have scored but they held out and i think they deserve the winner uh, overall uh flow both fencing um i keep saying it since he's come in i mean when he took over they were right in the mire with Schalke. Like they were holding hands and oh we'll go with you um but since both Svensson's come in they've really improved um do you think that a he can keep Mainz up and b he will be I, d- I don't know if they do manager of the year in in um Germany in the Bundesliga but if they did do you think he would be one of the front runners first of all they do manager of the year in the Bundesliga but um, most of the time yeah like the champions manager is getting the trophy and only sometimes a manager from a lower league club who uh, like performed a miracle in surviving someone or maybe has had a surprise with, I don't know, Freiburg getting to Champions League, something like that, with uh, Christian Streichmeck, manager of the year. But um, I believe if Bo Svensson would have been there the whole season, could be interesting, or maybe next season, but not uh, from the winter break on. They mostly focus on managers who are there for a whole year. But he definitely was um, able to put some new life into Mainz. And I'm pretty sure because he has this, this Mainz identity, Mainz mentality, he was a player amongst Jürgen Klopp uh, back in the days, 10, 15 years ago. So he's he's coming from there. He knows Christian Heidel, the, the big boss in Mainz. And um, yeah, he seems to fit in and it seems that they've found their way at the very right point. And the uh, funny thing is that you have in Germany, there's a... a yeah, singer, songwriter, producer, I don't know what to call him, who's doing some techno bass music. And <laughs> his name is uh, Das Bo. So mm. it's there's always a running running <laughs> joke <laughs> among the fans <laughs> that Das Bo is now working at uh, Mainz and the players are as energized as the songs were from Das Bo. So <laughs> <laughs> giving them life. Uh, and Mainz, um, you know, the next three fixtures are around te- against teams around them. Um, so... At the end of that, it could be a completely different picture for them. Um, quick word on Hoffenheim. I mean, they're safe. 
Um, they would have had designs looking upwards, possibly, uh, but I think they, they sit something like six points behind Glasbach, who are above them, and then another nine behind Stuttgart, something like that. Um, so they're kind of just playing the season out. Mm. So we'll move on. On to Florian's favourite friends, FC Cologne, uh, at home to Dortmund. Obviously, in the reverse fixture, Cologne kind of shook, shocked uh, Dortmund uh, in, in winning that game. Uh, at the Westfell Stallion. Uh, what was that? What did I say? Westfell? I don't know why I even tried. Westfalen Stadium. Westfalen Stadium. That's what I mean. Yeah. This, this cider I'm drinking is quite strong. Um, so <laughs> a 2-2 draw. So they remain unbeaten against Dortmund this season. Uh, they took the lead. Oh, sorry. They went 1-0 one, one down to Haaland. Excellent goal from Haaland. If you mm. haven't seen it, it was all over Twitter. Uh, the first touch from Haaland was just... Mwah. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal first touch. Um, he ended up with a brace man. once again. Um, they equalized for a penalty from Duda. VAR really gave them that. Again, the handball rule kind of came into play. Was it, wasn't it? I think they got this one right. And then Jacobs with a thunderbolt of a goal. Mm. Again, another mistake from Munier, who I think is absolutely rubbish. Um, I think that's one of the worst replacements I've ever seen. Hakimi to Munier. It's it's like giving away like some Jordans for a pair of flip flops. Yeah, but the thing is, sense. like Munier was getting sought after by quite a few teams as well, and I didn't see it. I didn't Never see seen it, it, and it's proven it now. Never seen it. Horrible right back. Um, but yeah, it ends up a draw. Um, Dortmund were doing pretty well before this, so they'll be pretty upset because you know Cologne really is a team they should be beaten. Uh, I'll come to you first, Gav. Um, is this enough for Cologne, considering they were two one up? Uh, going into the stoppage time, will they feel that they've really missed an opportunity there to, to put three points on the board? Um, Flo, can you block your ears for a moment, please, dude? I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to praise Cologne. Um, yeah, I, I was I, about I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I have I think, of those think... guys around me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're dressed as Cologne anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so close to Cologne. But no, I, I think... They they will they will use this I think as a opportunity to start moving forwards again and just getting like, just do enough to stay up. Thing is though, this is only their second point that they picked up out of a possible eighteen points that they could have picked up. So it's it's not it's not cool. They need to, they needed to do more, especially with the final goal as well, because um, Canal another teenager that Dortmund mm -hmm. have got just dance through everyone on the right hand side and it's just you know put put a tackle in you know try and try and manage the game you know and I don't think they well, I don't think they did that maybe they got a little bit scared because end of the day Dortmund are far superior to Cologne but when you are in that situation the dying minutes of the game you've got to close the game out but before the game, if someone said to Cologne right you're going to get a point from the Dortmund game today they would have bit your hand off so yeah. Uh, now, I know you probably won't want to praise Cologne, um, Florian, but their recent performances have been quite promising. Uh, you know, they, they've not, they've been in every game that they've been in for the last three or four weeks. It's been close in terms of scoreline, at least. Um, with what Mainz are doing, uh, we spoke about Bielefeld before the game against Leipzig. They were on a decent run. Are Cologne very worried or do, do they think that they have the, the players and the manager uh, to really turn this around and, and you know get their head above water, I believe they're not worried enough because it's true the matches were close, 
but they still were not able to uh, yeah to to make the wins for themselves. And you need those three points to get some space between you and the relegation zone. And now they're in the middle of it. Mainz is having the momentum at the moment. Hertha Berlin is having, from my point of view, a superior quality in, in the squad. And uh, yeah, now Cologne is sitting on, on the relegation playoff spot. And I believe the next week they're facing Mainz. Or, uh, uh, or I think they've got Wolfsburg day, next. And then yeah, Wolfsburg and after after that, Mainz, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. Wolfsburg would be very difficult to win and then it mines a six-pointer and yeah if you uh, if you're not um, not careful enough you somehow have two or three points maybe uh, between you and the spot which saves you from relegation and then not thinking too much about being relegated just thinking like okay well, we're Cologne we're gonna grab some wins and then it will work out somehow I don't have the impression that Cologne is really afraid of relegating and this could be uh, a mistake and for Dortmund, Flo, will they make the Champions League next season? Can they, you know, bridge that gap? Or are we looking at a European le Europa League side next season? I'm convinced that Dortmund is going to make it to Champions League. They have the way better squad than Frankfurt. I can't imagine Frankfurt having a run until the end of the season. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next match day again. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. By the way, anyone who doesn't know the fixtures, we will do them at the end. But next week is looking spicy. It's the Vindaloo. tastiest. I'm telling you. I'm telling it's the tastiest you. Bundesliga fixture round that you yes. can ever imagine. Like Top Nando's hour. extra hot. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's looking <laughs> like a very spicy weekend of football. Um, Gav, I'm going to ask you the same question. Dortmund, will they be playing Champions League next year? No, I don't think they will. Next, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't see them being consistent enough to get there. That's um, the thing. The consistency this season is what's been, what's shot them in the foot. Like, you can't, if you're Dortmund, I don't care what situation you're going through. You can't allow Cologne to take four points off you in a season. And the amount of times that they've been leading in games that they've shagged it, like that, you just, you just can't do it. They've got, they're so Arsenal. It's unreal. So yeah, they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna come top four. Uh, speaking of Arsenal, put it on the line. <laughs> we'll talk about Hertha Berlin, who have an Arsenal player. That is a segue, kind of. I made it work somehow. Um, Berlin, who looked like you know dead and buried until Bayer Leverkusen turned up uh, and uh, three points for Berlin. 3-0, they run out uh, winners. 3-0 um, up within 33 minutes. Um, not a good day at the office for Bayer Leverkusen, who then sacked Peter Bosch after this. And we'll go into that a bit later. We'll talk about Hertha Berlin, though, to start off with. Goals from Zifruk, who was... Uh, what a goal. What a goal. He'll never score another goal like that in his life. Did he mean that, Devo? I want to ask you that. Did Seifert mean that? I think he did. I think he did. Uh, it I'm looked like he meant it when he shot. But yeah. the way his body stood still and it went in, I don't think he meant that. Yeah, I think he did. Because, you know, he said, maybe he just made out, but in the interview afterwards, he's saying that everyone keeps having a go at him for not shooting. So when it came back to me, he thought, I'm having a shot. And boom, <laughs> top corner. Uh, another goal from Cunha and a goal from Cordoba, who showed extreme hunger to score the third goal, took it off of Guendouzi's foot and said, no, nah, I'm having this. Um, massive, massive win for her to Berlin. Um, oh, daughter's off. Massive, yeah. massive goal for her to Berlin. Uh, Gav, can they use this as kind of like a launch pad to, you know, basically get themselves clear of relegation? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'm really happy for Cunha because you know I'm a big fan of him and he <laughs> hasn't turned up this season at all. I think that is going to help him. They've got the, the thing is with Herta, they've actually got a side which for me is too good to go down. Out of all the teams that are knocking around down there, their, their team, their starting 11 is way too good. Players like Luca Bacchio, players like, well, I know he's on loan, but players like Nduzi, players like, um, you know, Piatek, players mm-hmm. like, um, Stark at the back, yeah. you know. I want to talk about Stark in a set though, because like when you look at all those all those sort of players, they have got everything they need to be at least challenging for Europe. And we said it early doors, and we were like, "Oh, is it going to be them? Is it going to be Hoffenheim?" And I think we all believed it still halfway through the season. But it's just, you know, it, it's poor for them. But I feel that Leverkusen could have got back into this game, and. I say that is because not long after half time, Alario was through in, and there's a mm-hmm. challenge by um, Nicholas Stark. And when you're watching it on comms, they're banging on about, oh, yeah, you know, um, Patrick Schick should have scored from the end of it. I'm thinking, well, it's no, a penalty, actually, <laughs> it's a penalty. Yeah, I was yeah. like, are they are they are they gonna look at this and oh I'm I'm baffled by it. That is a pen and a red card all day, every day and twice on a Sunday. But to be fair, it was already 3 0 at that point. The damage had been done. Um Flo, we've got it's to talk about Leverkusen. Time, it's not long after half time. Yeah. I mean like not being funny, Arsenal were 3 0 down the other day. Do you know what I mean? They got a goal at just the right time. That goal could have been the one that yeah, we, we leap, leap had to to get them on to at least picking up a point. But we're an elite side. Do you know what I mean? Arsenal, by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. We've all heard the song. Um, Florian, let's talk about Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I'll drink to that. (laughs) What's gone wrong, basically? What's what's gone wrong? Not too long ago, you were in the title chase. I don't know. I mean, uh, at the beginning of the match, with the first goal, I was just thinking, what's a freak again? (laughs) (laughs) What's a freak? Uh, in contrast uh, to you and uh, the TFB dugout squad, I didn't have hope. So that's now it's enough with the bad, the worst. Game. He's on one. He's on one. He's, He's on, on fire. One. He's on fire. But it's it was like this this match. I I, I can't describe like all the last two matches: Bielefeld and Hertha Berlin. These are like the kind of matches when you have to sack a coach because it seems like he obviously didn't reach uh, the squad. I don't know what happened uh, there in between Christmas and New Year after they lost to Bayern Munich because you can't go down as a whole squad if you concede the last minute uh, goal and uh, lose against Bayern Munich and uh, lose the top spot in the league. So there must have happened something else. I don't know what it is, but I'm I'm just hoping that it's uh, at the right time to turn the season and at least finish at the Europa League spot. We don't need to talk about Champions League anymore in Leverkusen, although I believe uh, that Rudi Völler is still dreaming about Champions League, but that's that's nonsense at the moment. Mm -hmm. Just focus on qualifying for Europa League and to be honest with this squad, what what they performed this year, Europa League is the maximum they should uh, play in the next season. And Mm -hmm. You're quite lucky because Europa League is getting better next season. There you have, you're losing 16 more teams to the Conference League, and mm. playing in the Conference League would be horrible for Bayer Leverkusen <laughs> because yeah. we don't even sell our matches out against uh, Europa League or in Europa League matches and in Conference League matches we can play in the youth under 19 stadium and it won't be even sold out. 
<laughs> Christ. <laughs> um, you know, defensively, it was an absolute shambles in this game. Um, mm. They were all over the place. Um, obviously, Bosch is now gone. They've brought in a new man, uh, and I think you're, you know, you're going to tell us about your new manager. Yeah, Hannes Wolf. I don't know uh, how much known he is in, um, in in England, but he's he once was a promising young manager, and this is a little bit harsh because he's only uh, 39 years old, so he's still very young. But he's uh, he was never a professional player. But was playing uh, in around. He's from Dortmund, from the Dortmund area. Was there playing on a very good amateur level, and then very early focused on becoming a coach. And already ten years ago, he was uh, assistant coach of the second team. Afterwards, uh, coach of the under nineteen team of the under seventeen team. Again, under nineteens, and he was, I believe, three times in a row German champion, youth champion with Borussia Dortmund. So he did quite a good job. Switched afterwards to uh, VfB Stuttgart when they were in the second league, was able to promote with them in the first year, but then got sacked uh, during his first Bundesliga year. Yeah, and then it began to decline for him a little bit. So he switched to Hamburg, and uh, yeah, if you know Hamburg, if you make a move to Hamburg, you you're lost as a player <laughs> and as a coach, <laughs> especially in the last That's where ten careers years. Go to die, yeah, yeah. So this kind of killed his career. They, they had a promising start for like half a season but then played a very bad season and weren't able to promote although they were the biggest squads in the second league or still are um then he was fired he was hired by KSC Genk in in Belgium and um they were in a, in a bad situation he was able to have again a good start but when it came to the new season uh, he had a bad start in the new season after five games he was sacked again so he was he seemed to be a little bit burned as a Bundesliga coach, you know. He would mm -hmm. be some guy you you won't hire again. He was in between. So he's perfect. That he's going to Bayer Leverkusen. Is what yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I believe if you take a look that he always performed and performed in the beginning at his clubs. I'm I'm quite confident. If you have, you've only eight matches now left, so let's let's just get together for eight matches. Um, he will bring some fresh air inside the dressing room and. Um, Maybe the players are happy that boss isn't there anymore. Uh, they can focus again on their on their skills, and you're just able to secure three, four wins, maybe five, secure Europa League. Because I don't believe that Union Berlin or Freiburg will pull off six or seven wins in the last uh, matches. And um, if Europa League is secured, you can say, okay, thank God, this uh, whole fucking season is over, and uh, we are looking forward to the next season. We have to rebuild the squad. But um, maybe you ask uh, finally one word to the assistant coach because the assistant coach is really the one who made the fans happy. Because mm. his name is uh, Peter Herman. He's, um, or he is, was maybe the best assistant coach in Germany for the last 30 years. So he was a player by Leverkusen in the 80s. More so than Hansi Flick. <laughs> more than a Hansi Flick. He was the assistant uh, with you Pinkers yeah, when you Pinkers won the travel. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And uh, Peter Herman was a player. For Bayer Leverkusen in the 80s, the Bundesliga player. Afterwards, became assistant coach, and he was assistant coach for like 25 years or somehow. So from the end of the 80s until uh, Jupp Heynckes took him with with him to Bayern Munich. So we signed Hank signed Heynckes in uh, 2009. Did a good job two years. Then he said to Peter Hellman, "Hey, don't you want to win some win some silverware? Come join me at <laughs> Munich." And he said, "Okay." <laughs> at my old days, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna join you. Won the yeah. treble. And he's um, 
Yeah, he's living quite uh, close by to me. So I always, when I'm uh, on my running after work, I see him sitting with his dog or taking a walk with his dog. And uh, all Leverkusen fans <laughs> are very happy that this this club legend again is there. So give him some tips basically, on how to fix things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were convinced by Hannes Wolf that Peter Hermann is the assistant. So if you say, okay, if Peter Hermann is the assistant, should be okay. Yeah, and good luck say, I'm tired yeah, of seeing you upset and depressed. You know, we got. Oh no! Smiling. Oh God! Nah, nah, I'm I'm always happy when I uh, see you. I'm just upset yeah. the two minutes we talk about Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's leave. Uh, let's leave Leverkusen and let's go to yeah, some, you know a group who are always happy, and that's Schalke. You know, because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're just happy to get zero at this point. Schalke null dry this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've ne- honestly. Schalke are probably the worst top flight side I've seen in any league across Europe. Um, every week when I see them, they get worse. It's it's incredible. This is probably the worst I've seen them all season. Um, I'm with you, Devo, because even when Derby had their lowest ever points tally in mm-hmm. the 07-08 season in the Premier League, they actually tried to play football and yeah. they actually put some form of effort in. In For Schalke, you only see them try for about three minutes in any game <laughs> and that happened in this game just before half time it was still one nil glad back a little bit uh, you know a bit panicky mm. because Schalke tried for three minutes now can you imagine if Schalke put that effort in for 87 minutes and across every game of the 26 games that they played in the league this season they'd actually be doing all right I, I'm not sure if it's effort I just think they're they're not very good at football i think half of this squad have picked the wrong sport uh, i think they're, they're realizing it now um yeah goals from stindel liner and uh own goal from poor frederick ronald who has been decent this season uh under a barrage of pressure uh when he's played um that's one of the most comical own goals you're going to see though we'll get on to mm. that um much and glasback coming into this i think it was seven or eight losses straight across yeah, all competitions and, um, you know, they would have looked at this and said, thank Christ, uh, we can put the ship right. Um, we'll, we'll speak about Mönchengladbach uh, a bit before we go on to, oh, I don't even know there's any point to talk about Schalke, but we'll talk about Mönchengladbach. Um, Rumours about them being linked with Xabi Alonso apparently came out, said he was the manager. Reports then came out saying that they've approached him, but nothing's been agreed. Um, how quickly... Uh, Gav, do you think they need to fix this situation and get at least name a new coach? Because obviously, since Marco Rosa has come out and said he's going to Dortmund, they've lost eight straight until Schalke gave them this gift. Worst bit of press that they've ever done. Horrible. Ever. Wait until the end of the season. Same with Upper Meccano going to Bayern as well. You know, just, just shut up about it. You know, let the papers talk and you just mm. keep it to yourself. Keep everything under wraps. Because Gladbach were just quietly going around their business, just doing their thing up until that moment. And they've absolutely thrown everything out of the window. And I don't even think, you know, Flo's worried about Leverkusen playing in the conference. Look at Gladbach right Mm. now. I don't think they want that. And when you look at players like Stindl, when you look at players like Player, Turam, you know, these men don't want to be playing in that that tournament at Mm. all. These These are Champions League type players so they they need to address something they need to address it quickly maybe they should have had a, a word with herman before he turned up at your place flow <laughs> might have been able to sort something out but no 
I don't think this result is going to try and turn their fortunes around this season. I think it's just going to slump back again after next week. Well, um, game day 27 mm. and on, on all the way through to the end of the season, they're screwed. Yeah. Um, Flo, in, in Germany, what are the sounds coming out regarding Mönchengladbach and their search for a new manager? Well, tabloid newspaper uh, said that um, they lost the most beautiful or the, the most handsome coach in the Bundesliga with Marco Rosa to Borussia Dortmund. My missus is said, in okay, love with Marco we, Rosa, we... by the way. <laughs> Literally. As soon as she's on the telly, she's like, honestly. For the well, I mean, Javi Alonso is not exactly well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we need someone prettier than Marco Rosa and sign Xabi Alonso with a dry red wine in his hand. Oh, <laughs> Doing kick up, sat down, reading the paper. <laughs> and I must say, Xabi Alonso for me is one of the most underrated central midfielders in world football history. I don't think not. I don't think enough people rated. speak about him personally. Oh, okay. In in Germany, yeah, he's, he's highly, highly rated. Mm. I think maybe it's just in England then, because whenever people think of the best central midfielders in England. They never mention him. Think name. about English. No, they, no, they just never. I mean, you you, you get your your Vieira, your Kings, your, you know, your your Yaya yeah, Torres. Michael Carrick is better. Yeah, uh, but no one ever mentions Javier <laughs> Alonso ever. What about um, Scott Parker? <laughs> uh, I used to play at the same club as Scott Parker back in the day. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So there's just me going off on a Javier Alonso rant there. So, um, so let's talk about let's talk about Schalke. Um, they're done. We know that they're done and buried. Uh, we're actually going to start some sort of countdown till they're officially relegated, uh, which will be soon, because the sides above them are picking up points. Schalke are not. Um, but I just want to talk about the defending in this game. The first goal is... I mean, Turam ran through the defence like they weren't there. There was a little bit of controversy as it looked like the goal might, the ball might have gone off, off the, the pitch for a goal kick, but replay showed that it weren't entirely over the line. Having said that, he screwed up the cross and William had a chance to clear it and miskicked it into the six-yard box <laughs> for, for an unrushing Munchen Gladbach player to try and have a strike. That didn't quite work. Mustafi then cleared it across the area and Stindl said, OK, I'll just pop it in the back of the net. The most comical goal I've ever seen until the 72nd minute. <laughs> when the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper decided instead of saving the ball and pushing it away from the net, I'm going to try and catch it like five foot off the ground and then fall on it and it would fall into the net. I've never it seen anything bad. like it. So, it was oh, bad, please, bad, bad. Everyone go Real, and watch highlights of this game. Shalcott are yeah. the worst thing I've seen on a football pitch. Yeah, they, they, they really are. bad with uh, William or I'm, I'm sad yeah. with William because just imagine his situation. You are going from a club like Wolfsburg where you played sometimes, sometimes not to Schalke to get some playtime. To prove yourself, and then you're playing in such a shit squad, and you you adapt to this niveau, <laughs> and and when you return back to Wolfsburg, and they say, "What are you doing here? You weren't even able to perform to be outstanding at Schalke, so we don't need a guy like you." <laughs> uh, Everything went wrong. I just I just wouldn't go near Schalke if they they if they was like we need a right back or whatever. No. No, sorry, I'm not going. Well, there. Liverpool fans are getting mad gassed up at the moment because they've kept a couple of clean sheets mm -hmm. and uh, Kabak's been playing. So Kabak is now the the next big thing. And mm. like, you know what? In future, maybe in four, five, six years' time, he could be a fantastic centre half. But at the moment, he is not. And I don't think he's Schalke. bad, but he's not great. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, shall we move on? Let's move yes. on from the bottom of the table to the very top, and we will talk about Bayern Munich at home to Stuttgart. Um, this game, uh, you know, I was in a Telegram group, uh, the Football Dugout Telegram group, um, and we got a message coming through. Oh, Alfonso Davies being sent off for 12 minutes. I was like, oh, interesting. Stuttgart are good away from home, and then bam, 3 0 down. <laughs> <laughs> literally just like that it's like you know it, it, it's like Bayern Munich said you know what you've pissed us off here you go hold this um yeah, hold my beer <laughs> yeah hold this and we're gonna give you a beating Stuttgart this is the worst I've seen them by far this this mm. season um and Bayern Munich with a man less found it so easy to just cut through their defense um you have to say that Bayern Munich really did step up a, a, a level uh Gnabry Muller Sane played out of his skin Lewandowski got the goals, and I know a lot of people say stat pads. He opened the score in here, and the goal. If you look at his movement, what I noticed he was being marked by two defenders in the box. But as soon as he saw Gnabry make that move, he knew where the ball was going to go, and he just needed half a yard of space to toe poke that into the top corner. That is. I don't what want you people to take the mick out of me here, but that what he did there for that first goal is what Oliver Giroud has done his whole damn career. Oliver Giroud, I've said it before, is the best near post striker in world football. And when people try and say, like, what are you on about? What are you on about? Find me another striker who is better at the near post and has made a name for it in world football. I will sit here and wait because there isn't one. And the way that Oliver, the way that Robert, um, Robert Lewandowski did that was at the near post on his right foot as well. Absolutely fantastic. Some of the best centre forward play that you'll see this week, apart from the um, the Harland uh, touch in that in the in the game that we spoke about earlier on today uh, tonight. That is the best movement I saw from a striker this weekend. Top, top movement uh, from a top, top player who is now only five goals away from the great Gerd Muller. Um, I mean, he, he'll probably end up with 45 goals, let alone 40. Flo, just mm. how, you know, how good has Lewandowski been this season? I mean, it's mind-blowing the amount of goals he's scoring. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very hard to describe because we never had a player like this before in the Bundesliga. Of course, you always have some kind of star players, but Lewandowski is the the vital, the most important player for Bayern Munich, and he's at the moment the very, very best in the Bundesliga. So when we had Ribéry and Robin, they were extra class, but you still have players who were sort of in this direction. But Robert Lewandowski is above everyone at the moment, and that's really interesting for me because I never really experienced that in, in the Bundesliga because it was in 20 years ago. It was quite balanced we had some teams except Bayern Munich winning championships in the last 10 years it was just Bayern Munich but they had lots of good players and Dortmund had some decent players and now it's just like I don't know good players great players Robert Lewandowski yeah mm. that's a very good way of, of, of saying it and I just want to stick with Bayern and another player is, is Thomas Muller um, the German national team was was announced and uh, we all know Thomas Muller fell out with Joachim Lowe um, a while ago, there were talk that Muller said he's he's ready to be called up if if need be. He's not been called up. What are your mm -hmm. thoughts on the situation, considering how good Thomas Muller has been at least for the last two years? I'm pretty sure he will be called up for the Euros in summer, and Joachim Löw did this on purpose. I'm uh, I can imagine that they have already had some some phone calls together, Löw and Muller, and that the whole thing is clear because now Joachim Löw has the time with the the national games. 
to test some younger players, some less experienced players like uh, Wurz, Musiala, or bring back Younes again, and have a look which player could be interesting for the Euros. But when it comes to the Euros, he will take Thomas Müller for sure, but he just don't want him to block a spot right now for a potential 22nd, 21st man in the in the squad. What yeah. clever management. I wonder, I wonder <laughs> if um, that guy wears a waistcoat, whatever, do that or, or know how to... Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. And um, before we move on from Stuttgart, uh, you know, apart from being battered 4 0 by 10 men, um, Silas Wamanagatuka has also mm. picked up a season ending injury, got cruciate ligament damage. And, you know, I feel for him. He's had a great season. You know, he, he's on the cusp of, of being, you know, a really, really good player. And we've seen how these injuries can affect players. Um, how much of a blow is that? for Stuttgart's own ambitions of maybe getting back into Europe this season, Gav? Massive. Him, him and Nico Gonzalez, uh, for me, are the two key players that they have. They've got some real, you know, they've got some top quality elsewhere on the pitch as well, but they are the two main players that they've got. And to, to lose him, and let's be real, will we see him before the end of next season? You know, uh, yeah. an ACL... Can, can rule you out for nearly two years. We've seen it happen before to some top-end players. So, What's, what's they, the English name for that? Um, ACL, um, anterior, anterior cruciate, cruciate ligament. ligament. Yeah. Wow, so, That's, that sounds yeah. horrible. Sounds more <laughs> yeah. horrible than, than yeah. it does in Germany. Hurt. Just say, he's hurt his knee. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It's always interesting to be like, he'll be out for a couple of weeks, but I'm sure mm. he'll be okay. Cheers, Jeff. So um, no, it's um, it's bad. Um, I wanted to ask you two um, whether you thought the Alfonso Davis challenge was worthy of a red card. Mm, yes, I think it was. He went slightly over the ball. I know he got the ball, but he kind of went over it, and you know it, it looked terrible. So I think when you look at it on the replay, a hundred percent, yes, yeah. Flozif, I'm absolutely with Devo. I couldn't have uh, said it better. When you took a look at it on the replay, in the first place, wasn't convinced, but on the replay, it was like, yeah, it looked horrible, terrible. It could have uh, hurt his uh, opponent very much. So I think a red card is mm. well deserved. Yeah, mm. and it was on my boy Endo as well. Big up Wataru and Endo. Yeah. One of my uh, perfect hat trick, by the way, for Robert Lewandowski as well. Right foot, left foot, Edda. So yep. stat padding everywhere. And to move from uh, one stat padder to the next, your mate, this guy is a stat padder, Andre Silva. Um, this was an incredible game of football. Um, I mean, if you look at the scoreline, you'd think Frankfurt battered them. Um, Frankfurt scored four goals in the first half with three shots on target. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, incredible. The own goal from Andrich was probably one of the craziest own goals I've ever seen. Um, it was a goal. The Schalke, the Schalke one was comical. No, it it, it was a Schalke goal. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have expected oh, yeah, a goal like, from yeah. a Schalke player, not from Robert Andrews. Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, poor guy. You know what? I, and they teach you, though, when you're young, if you're playing the ball back to the keeper, don't play it across goal. That's a that's a number one rule. He hasn't done that. The keeper slipped and it's just rolled into the back of the net. So uh, a bit embarrassing for all concerned. Um, but, yeah, massive win for Frankfurt. They continue their march on towards the Champions League. Uh, another dent for Union Berlin. But as I said, this was not a 5-2 game. Um, Frankfurt did not deserve to run out this much of a big lead. But 
they did. Silva got himself a brace. Kostic, who was a menace all throughout the game. And I, I think, you know, he, he is a key, key player for this side. Creates so many chances down the left. Uh, and then Chandler popping up with a goal at the end. Timothy Chandler, who's been a Bundesliga stalwart for, pff, it seems like 20 years. He's been around forever. Uh, two goals for Max Cruiser. Two wonderful finishes, although the first one, I believe, was a foul on, on uh, Hasebe. Um, wasn't given. Cruiser popped that into the back of the net. And the second goal was a brilliant header from him. Um, Where do we start with this game, guys? Um, Gav? Well, I'll start at the beginning. And, um, you know, what what I did like to see was the fact that Jovic and Silva started the game. I thought that was really important because Jovic needs minutes in particular and he's not really getting as many many starts and as many opportunities as you would expect him to get. Um, The first goal... It's great vision from uh, from Kostic to put one across um, well, inside the, inside the six yard box. Really, is a tapping from uh, from Andre Silva. So let's calm ourselves down, everybody. The second goal, however, it was a nice move. It's twenty one in twenty four for for Andre Silva now. But I swear to God, this if you want to look at stat padding, please don't be talking about Robert Lewandowski because Robert Lewandowski does it for club and country. He's been doing it for ten years. He's been, he did it at Dortmund. He did it in Bayern. He does it against Dross. He does it in the big games. He does it in every tournament that he plays in. So stop calling him a, a stat padder. Get over yourselves and watch football. If you want to look at a stat padder, let's have a look at Andre Silva <laughs> because he. He's scored 21 goals this season. I would say six of those have been have been decent. Decent goals. <laughs> this decent was a decent movement. one. Although there was the a second one was. The second one was. No, no, yeah, this, the second one, I was really mm. impressed with his movement. I, I can, whether because I don't like him, it doesn't mean I can't be impressed by what I see. Mm. And if I think he's done well, I'm the first person to turn around and say, you know what, he's done quite well there. But the first one, anyone, 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 anyone can make that move and anyone can, can tap it in. So I'm not going to give him praise on that. You know, that is stat padding. But the second one, fair play. That's off. Um, Kostic ran the show, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yep. is phenomenal. If he if he's still there at the end of next season, then pff, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I was going to go through the comments at the end, but Erhan's already made me bite now. Sorry. Uh, I know it's your <laughs> show, Dev, but I've had enough. Um, what has Andre Silva done to Gav to deserve this hatred? He scores lots of goals. Fantastic. But everyone bangs on about him. But he's a wonderful player. He's wonderful this. No, he's not. Scoring tappings don't make you special. Do you know what I mean? He's not even a decent number nine. Like someone like um, Ruvan Nistelroy was a decent number nine. I hated when I was playing against, um, play against him, you know, being an Arsenal fan in the Arsenal Man United pomp. Watching someone like him, it was frustrating, but he's bloody good. You enjoy it. Andy Cole, another one, great poacher. You know what I mean? It's all good being like a, you know, like a decent number nine, but Andre Silva is not. Fair Goals enough. bounce off him. He, he miss hits shots and things like that, and they go in the back of the net. So, yeah, it does my head in. So, yeah. Rant over. Thank you for that, yeah. uh-huh. Uh Let's move on. Uh <laughs> Quickly before we move on from this, uh, I'm just I'm just, just wondering, do I look like Gap when I talk about Cologne? Like Gap is uh, looking when he's talking about Andre Silva. No, pretty much. You, the thing with Cologne <laughs> is that you have uh, that's a rivalry that everyone from Leverkusen will share. This is a one-man crusade. Um, Gap is pretty much on his own in this one. Uh, just a quick one from you, Flo. Frankfurt Champions League, yes or no? Yeah, since I said Dortmund is uh, up for Champions League and I don't believe Wolfsburg will uh, miss it this year, 
I say Frankfurt, no. Oh, interesting. Um, and obviously we have Frankfurt versus Dortmund next week, but we'll get on to that. Um, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Werder Bremen, um, the what are Werder Bremen team versus Wolfsburg. Um, again, Werder Bremen, just very much a, yeah, you know. Um, Wolfsburg continue their march towards the Champions League, uh, helped along the way by Josh Sargent with uh, another own goal this week. This one was a much more unfortunate own goal. Uh, than the others. Raycourse got on the score sheet again. Um, I still feel as though he goes under the radar. I mean, we've been talking in the Telegram group about this Turkey versus Holland game, which seemed like a cracker. I need to watch the highlights. But, you know, when I see that Holland side and you've got Luke de Jong up front and Ryan Babel and those kind of players, how can Raycourse not get at least a call-up? How can he not be involved in that? Unbelievable. 50 Bundesliga goals in yeah, 90 unbelievable. Bundesliga games. Averages one in two. That's, yeah. a top, that's, a, that's a decent top striker there. That's he mental. Everything. He's not just a target man anymore as well. You know, before it was like, right, we're playing back bad course. You need to play a big one, uh, like a, a big ball into the box so it's for him to get his head on it. And to be fair, even at the beginning of the season, he was doing that. Now he's making runs in behind. You know, he's making little one-twos, scoring his left foot, right foot. He's scoring mm. bangers. He's scoring little tappings. He's, he's scoring all different... Of a whole variety of different goals, and he's not getting called up by yeah, you know, a struggling Dutch side. Yeah, baffles me. mental, mental. But you know, this is as I said, uh, another big win for Wolfsburg in terms of you know keeping themselves well and truly in the hunt for Champions League football. And I can't see them falling away. Um, you know, I'll come to you quickly, uh, Flo. One player who really has impressed me for for Wolfsburg this season, and I think he goes under the radar because he does that job that. <laughs> Um, it's quite rare in football. You know, when you get a midfielder uh, who's just an engine room, I like to call him a recycler. So Schlager, you know, he, he he's constantly breaking up play. It was his challenge that led to the second Wolfsburg goal. Constantly in and around the ball, winning the ball back and setting the playoff. Uh, just how important is he to this Wolfsburg team? I believe he's important in a tandem with uh, Maxi Arnold because they both seem to fit really good to each other. And um, actually, these two are the engine because Maxi Arnold has developed from a talented player to a leading player now. And Schlager is having this energy and Arnold's having the, uh, the character on the pitch. And I really like both in the combination as... Uh, Playing a six, double six before the before the defense. So, and I think this is um, one of the most um, important factors of their success in Wolfsburg. That they have these stabilities, these box to box or the box to box play from Xaver Schlager, who's able to um, yeah, defend and to create attacks, like uh, I don't know, a player like Charles Arangis did in his in his best times two, three years ago. Mm. Yeah, mm. very important. But these players are usually the players who are who tend to be forgotten because they are not the guys who are scoring the goals. They're not the guys who are doing the, um, the biggest tackles or somehow um, yeah, prevent goals, but they're just there and they're just very important for the balance. Very and, consistent. Uh, if you don't have them, you see what happens in Leverkusen at the moment if Charles Arangis <laughs> isn't performing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Werder Bremen are just very much on there. Yeah. 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 We won't spend too much time talking about it. And let's move on. Uh, Freiburg versus Augsburg. Uh, and I managed to see the first half of this game and it was a very entertaining game. Um, played at a high pace, uh, just going at each other. It's just like, you know, two teams just with sledgehammers, just 
trying to break each other down. Um, Freiburg did break down Augsburg in the end. Goals from Salai and Leonhardt um, in the second half. Augsburg will feel hard done by from this because they did play very well. Um, but in the end, they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And for me, Augsburg, I keep going on about Geekovitz and how good he's been this season. But Flo- Florian Muller... I'm glad you him. said that. Florian Muller has that. played well this season and he made some big saves in his game, didn't he, Gav? Yeah, he, he, he like my my notes are so focused around him, a bit like the the Bielefeld game being focused around Ortega. This was the Muller show. He <laughs> was incredible, and this is another like this is uh, a goalkeeper, a bit like how um, how Bielefeld are as well. You know, they don't play for a big name side, so they are under the under pressure a lot more. But are they? Because defensively, they're actually not that bad, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there are games, once again, when they win games, he's not doing a lot, so to speak. And it only takes like one or two moments where he's got to pull out some wonder save, which he then completes. So it makes him stand out more, you know. He is not a Jordan Pitford. He is not a Simon Mignolet. Like, players like him, delivery, Gracias. <laughs> um, players, players like um, players like uh, well, goalkeepers like Ortega and Muller. I honestly think that they can go on to something better than what they're at at the moment. Yeah, um, big win for Freiburg in their quest to try and stay in the hunt for Europa League football next season. Um, we spoke about a Conference League before, Florian. Do you think something like Freiburg going into that Conference League? Do you think that'd be something that would be really good for them? I don't think it would be good for them because it's the kind of competition where, of course, it's a treat for you because you don't usually play uh, European football and it's a treat for the fans. But you have the uh, op- uh, or you have now to play amongst the week. You have the midweek fixtures very often in this uh, season. And it happened to Mainz, to Freiburg, when they man- managed to qualify for Europa League one or two times in the last 10, 15 years. It was a very difficult season for them afterwards. So I would rather prefer not playing the Conference League, especially because you don't have the big money in it mm-hmm. and uh, just focusing on the Bundesliga. But this is um, yeah, a very, very difficult question because um, if you have the chance to play European football, it should be an honor to play it. That's, that's my point of view as a fan. And you should take a look or you should face the uh, the challenges you they are, they are, which are coming with it. But um in terms of tactical, it's very bad to play conference league and to you can't rest your players that you need a bigger squad that you maybe have an unbalanced squad afterwards just for these five, six, seven, eight matches in conference league, which no one is really caring about and where you don't <laughs> get this big money from. Very, very difficult. But yeah. clubs like Union Berlin and Freiburg for the for their fans, they the fans deserve it that the the players and the club is challenging and targeting conference league. Okay, so that's all the games for this week. Uh, let's have a look at the table, shall we? We'll start with <laughs> the bottom of the table. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gav, that's out of order, man. That's I've kept this to myself. Come I've on, kept this listen. to myself the whole time. We deserve to be seen. Schalke, we deserve to be seen. That's out of order. Um, so bottom of the yeah, table. We've seen the we old have... show on your, on your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the bottom of the table, we have Armenia Bielefeld, who sit in the lone relegation spot. 
Um, in the relegation playoff, we have FC Cologne one point ahead of Bielefeld uh, and a point behind Mainz after Mainz' victory. And Hertha Berlin's win against Bayer Leverkusen has propelled them up to 14th. They sit on 24 points alongside Mainz. Uh, Augsburg five points ahead of that, um, who need to be careful because if Mainz and Berlin can really start picking up points, they may get dragged back into it as well. Um, Bremen and Hoffenheim sit 12th and 11th respectively on 30 points. And Mönchengladbach are in 10th with 36 points from 26 games played. Into the top half, Stuttgart also on 36 points, uh, dropping down into ninth after that battering at the hands of Bayern Munich. Freiburg move up to eighth onto 37 points, a point behind Union Berlin in seventh, who sit two points off of a Europa League place, which is occupied currently by Bayer Leverkusen in sixth. They find themselves three points behind Borussia Dortmund, uh, who are fifth on 43 points. Uh, four points outside of the Champions League places. Uh, you have Eintracht Frankfurt in fourth on 47 points. Four points behind Wolfsburg in third, uh, who are six points in turn behind Leipzig uh, in second. And obviously Bayern Munich are top on 61 points. So with that in mind, we go into the weekend's fixtures. Um, and that first one there really jumps off the page, doesn't it? Borussia Dortmund versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Dortmund need to pick up three points from that game. Nothing else really will be enough for them. Uh, Leverkusen at home to Schalke. We spoke earlier about Schalke Massive being game. given. You know, if if Leverkusen can't pick up three points there, then you know, just call the season off. Do you know what I mean, just just give up. No um, avoid. Yeah, Wolfsburg at home to Cologne. Cologne obviously are chasing more points to keep themselves out of danger. Wolfsburg are on a bit of a run. Mainz versus Bielefeld, another massive, massive game at the bottom of the table. That's a six-pointer if there ever was one. Um, Augsburg versus Hoffenheim. Again, um, if you lose that and Mainz pick up points, Cologne pick up points, uh, you might start to get a little bit nervous as an Augsburg or Hoffenheim fan. You can't be involved in this. You don't know what football is. Mahalia is nervous about she's, this game. She's nervous, honestly. yeah. Saturday uh, evening kickoff or early evening kickoff. Sorry, Leipzig versus Bayern Munich. Massive game at the Red Bull Arena. Massive, massive game for Leipzig. Must win. Um, the evening game we have Munch and Gladbach versus Freiburg. Again, close to each other in the table. Doesn't really mean much. On to Sunday, Stuttgart home to Werder Bremen, and then uh, Sunday early evening Union Berlin versus Hertha Berlin. The Berlin derby. Um, again. Hertha are looking to really pick up some points there and keep their run going after their win against Leverkusen. Um, there's so many games that st stick out there. Which is the the one that you're really, really looking forward to outside of Leipzig, Bayern Munich? Mike's um, <laughs> my, my, Bielefeld, 100%. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. In terms of playing... It's uh, Dortmund against Frankfurt, but in ter terms of me being drunken and watching football, it's Gladbach against Freiburg. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Love that. That's the best way to watch football. Um, shall yeah. we go through the comments and just pick out one or two comments well, what, I was, what I was going to do is because there's because um, we're running slightly short on time, we're, yeah. we'll, I'll, I'll take all of these comments and read them out on next week's show when we break down the, um, the German national side. Yeah, um, let's do that. There'll yeah. be there'll be there'll be comments out for that. Um, but um, yeah, I just want to keep it under the hour. Um, so <laughs> we've done well so far. Thanks yeah. everybody for watching. Subscribe to all our links down there. Lovely. Thank you. Ta-ra. <laughs>